Praise the Lord. With the snow out there, uh, are you wanting a shorter sermon so, so you can get out on the road and get home? All right. Well, let's just pray the Lord will speak to us and uh, speak to us well and speak to us uh, fast. But may it sink in. Uh, Father, in the name of Jesus, as we come to your scriptures this morning, Lord, um, Lord, may they come alive to us. May we just understand what is written so we can, Father, follow your instructions. And, uh, Father, have a wonderful end to 2018 and a great beginning to 2019. Father, may we recognize that we have been given a great gift in a great message. And we've been given a great challenge. And we want to honor it and do well in it. And so, Father, you lead and guide us in this message this morning and encourage us. In Jesus' name, amen. This message really is today. It's for the church. But I pray to God that if somebody's here that doesn't know Christ today, that it would also be a message that would say, boy, I need to give my life to Christ because uh, it would be the best decision you've ever made in your life. And uh, I have been going through, just so we can get right to the Scripture, the end of Luke, I've been reading through Luke, but I got to the end of Luke and I just couldn't let a, a, a crazy verse go, I guess, or it just got stuck in my head and I thought, what? why is this keep coming back to me? But if you go to the end of Luke chapter 24, and uh, this is the uh, last that was written before the Luke wrote the book of Acts, and uh, here's what he says, starting at verse 44, and then I'll just tell you, I will go through what, what, he's, what he's really been impressing on my heart. But then he said to them, this is Jesus, this is written in red in my Bible, it should be in yours. These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. And this is a wonderful gift right here. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the Scriptures. Now, don't you want that to happen to you? That he would just open up your mind, that you would be able to comprehend the Scriptures, what is written in his Bible. So I pray that is going to be true for us this morning. And then he said to them, Thus it is written, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high." And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple, praising and blessing God. Amen. So what was it that got me was right in verse 46. Where now, your translation may not have what the, the New King James or the King James translation has. Thus it w is written, and thus it was necessary 
That was what kept on going through my mind. Now, you may have a translation that just says, thus it was written that Christ will suffer and rise from the dead in the third day. Now, that's what you may have. The translators have added this because this is so true. What is true here is if it's written, what they're saying is because it was written, it was necessary. What the Bible said about Jesus Christ in the Old Testament, they prophesied about him, what was written about him had to happen. So if it is written, it was necessary. So as we come to look today at Scripture, not only is it written for us, I want to suggest to you if it is written that we come to read it, then what we read is necessary. So what is necessary? And that's what I want to challenge you with this morning as we walk through this, that the, what we've been given, like I said earlier, is we've been given a message, the message about Jesus Christ. And if we've been given a message, it, and it's a great message, we sang about it in the first song this morning before we greeted. it. The message is, to know him, and then to make him known. We have it in our bulletin, if you look, that, that our mission here is to know Jesus Christ and to make him known. Now, it's written all through Scripture that we're to know him, and it's written all through Scripture that we're to make him known. So if it is written, it is necessary, right? And it's a great message. And it's a message that I know many of you have given. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son to die for us, to give his life for us. And if those of us that believe in him are going to have life, if it's written, it's necessary to believe that God sent his one and only son. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That's what the Bible says. That's a great message. And it's a message that he wants to challenge us to. Not only is it a great message, but we're also challenged to spread that message. Jesus, when he left in Matthew, it says, Go make disciples. Go all over the world and make disciples. We just watched a, vi a DVD of a couple preparing to go overseas. Now, in their case, they, they met in Germany. Now, I don't know if they've gone back to Germany. I don't know that the rest of that story. But they want to go over the overseas and take the message. They've been given a great message. They worked through some things, didn't they? They thought it was a job. They found out, it. no, that is, this is about the gospel. This is about Christ. This is about what he tells us in his word. And what he shares with us is necessary to share with others. It's out of the word that we need to share and trust the word and trust that when we go take this message that it is a great message. It's a wonderful message. Somebody shared it with you. Somebody thought it was good enough to share with you one day. And if it's never been shared with you, here's the day to do it, right? Here's the day it's happening. You know, just right before I went to, to Montana on the train, at the at the ministerial meeting here in Minot, there were there were three pastors that shared true stories over this Christmas season of people that came to their church that they had an opportunity to share the gospel with. One had never even 
heard the gospel at all. One had never, didn't know anything about Jesus at all. You know, they just didn't know about the gospel. They didn't know about Jesus. They didn't know what he did. They might have known the name Jesus, but that's it. And so they had an opportunity, these pastors would tell us opportunity to share what Jesus had done, that God had sent him to this earth, the whole thing that we talked about at Christmas, that he came to this earth, and then eventually he grew up, and eventually he was crucified on the cross. And on the third day, like we just read today, he rose from the dead. When that was shared with these people, these people came to Christ. And a lot of times what these guys said, a lot of times they're in their churches thinking that everyone in their church knows Christ. And not everybody does. A great message that we're to be reconciled to God. If he said we're to be reconciled to God, then it's necessary for us to be reconciled to God. Not just one of us, not just my mother or my father, my grandfather, but you personally to be reconciled, to understand that we're to forgive one another. We're to forgive as we've been forgiven. He says in his word, he came and he, and he offers us forgiveness. And he says, you're to forgive those like I've forgiven you. Now he says it, so if he said it, it's necessary for us to do it. And if you live in a life of unforgiveness toward people, I'm telling you right now, you're absolutely miserable. And you just don't, you don't, God, God's, God's quenched in your life. He, do, he says he'll never leave us nor forsake us while we've trusted in him. But we can quench that fullness and he wants us to be full. He wants to fill you with love and grace and healing and patience. That's the great message we've been given. We've talked about hope and love and joy and peace and purity. All those leading up to Christmas, right? That's the message we've been given. Thus it is written, thus it was necessary for him to suffer and die, and thus it's necessary for us to share this great message. We're to spread it. We're, we're to spread this message. We're to make him known. It's been entrusted to us to share it. We're the ones to share it, you and me. Now, I'm get, I get challenged by that when I'm traveling on a train and visiting with strangers. Yesterday I met a, an elderly farmer that lives in Garrison. His first name was George. That's all I'm going to give you. But George, he was 80-some years old, just visiting his sister in Washington that's 94 years old. And, and I've got the Bible spread out, spread out on the viewing car, and he slides over, and we start talking. And, of course, he sees the Scriptures there. I believe these were talking to him. He said, oh, I, I can see you. Oh, I said, no, this is good. This is, we're getting ready for a sermon tomorrow. We're going to look at what Jesus has to say to us. You know, you just never know what you're going to get. But there's a great message, and we're to make him known. Uh, when we left uh, Whitefish on the train, we're, there's, uh, it was pretty full because it was Christmas, which is kind of unusual on Amtrak. People were trying to squeeze on and find a seat, and, and I don't know why, but I stood up trying to help people, and I'm not even a conductor. I don't think I was supposed to do anything, but all of a sudden, this one fella comes over to me that I just helped, and, and he says, don't, don't, don't I know you? And uh, I'm, look, I'm looking at him, and he's, his head shaved, bald head, you know, younger than I am. I'm like, I'm looking at him, so I told him my name. He says, I'm Randy. And I'm like, still was unsure. 
And then he described to me that I did a wedding. He was working with a senior minister, and I, that he described this wedding I'd done for Nick and Joseph, and he was there. And I remember it. I start to remember who this guy was. He's, now he's a pastor, and he's, he's planting the church. He, he, came, he, he moved away from the area. He's come back in the area, and he's planted a church. And this church, it's, it's, it, this, is, this is how, this is how uh, crazy uh, we can be in churches sometimes. This church has been put together, called together, and it's a group of people that are disenchanted in this church, disenchanted in this church, discouraged in this church, and stopped going to church. So all of a sudden, so I don't want to na- I don't want to mention the name of the church because you'll go Google it. But, but so all these people are are, are in this church, all he- you know, for the purpose of healing and recognizing that this is a great message. It's a message of reconciliation. It's a message of forgiveness and love and grace and hope. And, they, and you've got to get back on that footing, back on that groundwork. And, and wonderful things are happening in this congregation. And then while we were there, I visited with another, with another family that they mentioned another church. So I'll Google them. And I know, I know of this church, but they've changed their name since we were there. Now they've got a different name. And their whole theme is restoring people that, you know, run into broken situations. And so lots, sometimes churches are birthed to help people that have had trouble in churches. It is a great message. So you receive this great message, but then the world hits you, life hits you, not every one of us uh, every day is fully sanctified. We say things we wish we'd never said. We hurt people. We offend people. And then we, we don't know, apply peacemaking and forgiveness, and we're in trouble. And so then we leave this church, go to this other church, and then we get healed over here. And uh, isn't it crazy? And then here's Jesus said, thus it was written, thus it is necessary. Thus it is written, thus it was necessary. It's necessary, this gospel. And all the time, God's up, I don't know, I don't think he scratches his head, but he sure is challenged to love us, isn't he? He just is love. But the, but the, theme, the theme of these churches have been the safety net for hurting and broken people, rescuing people, welcoming people, healing and restoring people. And then, of course, the last, last on the list on their websites is discipling and equipping people. But you've got to get all the healing and all that stuff done first. Now, I'm not criticizing them, and, but I'm glad I ran into uh, Randy. And then I started rec- realizing, I, I started remembering him with his hair and, and uh, how he looked when he was younger. And of course, I'm a lot older with white hair now. But we've been given a great message. It's a great message to know him. And now we're charged. We've been entrusted to spread the message. It's been entrusted to us, committed to us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses through those verses of 18 and 19, it says we've been given us, he's given us a ministry of reconciliation. He's given it to us. He's committed to us. In verse 19, it says, it says that it's the word of reconciliation. And verse 20 says, we're to be ambassadors for Christ. Ambassadors spread the message. Ambassadors give the word out. Now, I, I thought to myself, oh, man, how much do I want to come in here? Oh, gosh, we didn't come here Christmas Day with the, or after Christmas with the snow going and wanting to get sort of beat up from the, you know, like go out and share this. But you know what? Was it a wonderful message when it came to you and you accepted it? 
there are people out there that are just waiting to receive it like I was and like you are, or you were. And, and for us to be ready in season and out of season, to be witnesses to the other, other parts of the earth. A great message. We've been entrusted to us to go and give this message. Now, I know that here, just, just visiting with some of you, and when we pray on Wednesday nights for your children and for your friends and there's different situations you're running into and then saying, oh gosh, I'm really challenged to share at work. And, uh, and all, but all of us are sharing the gospel whether we say words or not, just by our actions or our language or the way we treat people. So just know that. And maybe they don't, you don't want to tell them you go to church because of the way you behave. Well, let's change that so that we can be ambassadors for him, filled with love, and receive this great message in ourselves. But I know that many of you are sharing this message and then wondering, why wasn't there a response? And it, sometimes it takes a long time. Sometimes it takes, it's God that, it's God that causes the growth. We, we are simply to be like Paul and Apollos. Some of us are to plant and some of us to water. Plant the seed of faith. Share your story, the great message that you've received. Just give it to somebody. And if somebody's received it and you know it, just water it a little bit. But put your trust in God that he's the one that's going to grow it. He's the one that's going to bring it to fruition. He's the one that's going to bring a person finally to Christ. But we do have, and we've been given a great message, and we've been entrusted to spread the message. That's what we do. But let God have the glory for its results. While we were over there in Montana, I just got back, so I'm full of all the things that happened on that journey, obviously. And um, we uh, uh, ended up spending a day with some friends that we, uh, first of all, we knew them when we first came to church, George and Carla and Steve and Merla. They became very, they're still very close friends. Of course, now George and Carla have been traveling the country and George is an electrician and he was doing contract work all over the country for eight years. They traveled. Now they're moving back to uh, Columbia Falls. Steve and Merle have already, always been there. And so they knew our children when they were little. They saw us when we first walked through the doors of the church. September 7th, 1986. They, they were there. Steve and Merle had looked at Pauline and I and said, Oh, awesome! Some hippies! Because we, I guess we looked hippie-ish then. And um, so we have long, long standing relationship with this couple. In fact, when Pauline grabbed a hold of Carl and Merle, she just burst into tears. And uh, we sat there the whole day. We took Catherine up and a couple of the grandchildren and, and just shared the day with them. Well, in the midst of that, if, you've, if you ever meet Steve, uh, my friend Steve, he is a witness machine. And uh, he was sharing with a fella that he worked with on the railroad, Burlington Northern Railroad. Um, and for a long time, he was sharing with this guy. His name's Mike, and I can share his name. With his, I had his permission. We actually called him, 
and his name is Mike Turner. So while, he, while Steve's working with Mike, he's sharing the gospel with him. And uh, so then fast forward to 2013, which is still back five years ago, but in 2013, Steve gets a call from Mike. And Mike is over in, Seat in, in Seattle, Washington, with his wife, who needs a, a, a heart surgery that's gonna cost a half a million dollars and they don't have insurance. Mike is desperate for his wife, Judy, to have this surgery. And so he's at the end of his rope, apparently, uh, According to Mike, they called the Mayo Clinic, they called all the major clinics across the country, you know, would they do it pro bono, would they do, would they take a charity case? And everything was no. And so Mike called Steve, the friend he'd worked with on the railroad years earlier. And he said, I need prayer. And so for about 20 minutes, Steve ministered to him and prayed for him. And he prayed that, a, that, that Mike would receive a peace that's beyond all understanding despite the circumstances. And when he hung up the phone, Mike went from where he was praying, with, talking with Steve, to the elevator, got on the elevator, and on the elevator were two nuns. And on the elevator up to the, up to the floor where Judy was, the nuns prayed for him. And he said that after Steve had prayed for him and these nuns prayed for him, Mike said that like a peace came over him. He had a peace, a calm. He, got, he stepped off the elevator. He was starting to go toward Judy's room. And the doctor came out of the room and he said, Mike, he said, the meditations are working and your wife isn't going to have to have this surgery. And she came home a few weeks later, didn't have to have the surgery. Well, in a few weeks later, Mike called, Mike called Steve again and he said, Steve, he says, I've been trying to I've been trying to find a scripture uh, in the Bible, and Mike didn't read the Bible, you know. So Steve starts to talk to him over the phone, like try to help him, like, what are you thinking? Where are you? Oh, he said, Steve goes, if you, you, you don't have a Bible. You've got a, like a New Testament, and there's an Old Testament and New Testament. I think what you're looking for is in the Old Testament. And apparently the hospital had given him a New Testament, the Gideon New Testament. That's what Mike had. Now, he's, now he wants to find this verse that's in his heart or that he's kind of thinking of. And uh, Steve says, well, listen, he said, uh, uh, you don't ha he said, I don't have a Bible in the house. So Steve, he said, well, I'll, let, me, let me look around here and I'll come on over. So Steve starts to go get his Bible he's, and he gets his Bible. Next thing you know, the phone rings and, Mike's, and it's Mike on the other end of the line. He said, I, I, I found a Bible. I found a Bible on the shelf and I have to find out, I have to look at my uh, notes here. Um, but he said, what he found in the Bible was, um, let me just find it here. So he opened up the Bible and on the front cover was written this. Pray for understanding before you read, and God will give you that. Love, Steve. 1026, 1990. 
Steve didn't remember when he called that he'd given him that Bible back in 1990. This is 2013. This is 23 years later. And Mike gave his life to Christ. And I got to talk to him on the phone when I was there because Steve called him. Let's get the details down. Let's get the story right. 23 years Steve had given him this Bible, forgotten that he'd give it to him, but 23 years later, Mike is coming to Christ. So when I saw that, when I heard that, I thought, yes, we've been given this, this message, and it's a great message. It's about reconciliation. It's about love. It's about grace. It's about healing. It's about life evermore, life ever after. It's about life beyond this grave, and we're to spread the message. We've been entrusted. It's been entrusted to us to spread it, but we don't always see the results of it. We are to be planting and watering and trusting and praying to God to do the growth growing. So for those of you that have shared Christ, and I know many of you have, with your family, with your kids, with loved ones, with coworkers, that's what I'm hearing as I've been here for two and a half years now, that you are doing this. Well, let's pray in the name of Jesus that the seed has been planted, that the water has been put on, and let's pray for God to bring the increase, to bring the, to bring the growth, to bring a person to eventually come to Christ. Well, this passage just doesn't end with, we've been given a great message, and if it is written, it is necessary. And not just that we're to spread the message, we're to make him known. We've been entrusted to, with that. But we're also, we're to support the messengers, we're to send them to the ends of the earth, it's been asked of us, it's up to us, and it's charged to us, so let's do that. But this passage, it ended, which really the end of Luke is really the beginning of Acts, with, we're to do this with the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We're to be clothed with power. It's, it's, it's a command to us to be clothed the, the old King James says to be endued with power. That means put on that clothing of God upon you when you go to share your faith, when you go to share with someone, when you go to share with your son, share with your daughter, share with your co-worker. Say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, this is going to be nothing unless I'm endued with the Holy Spirit power. Whether, and, 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 and pray that if God leads you to give somebody a Bible and write a note and a date in it, to write the note and the date because it may come back to you later and we can trust to, with God it will in his time that we can rejoice over it. And so in this case, so did Steve, so did Mike, and here we were sharing it now in 2018, the end of 2018, still rejoicing, still happy, still amazed at what God did. Now how about having some stories about that in our own family? And this power, by the way, it, it cannot be attained. It's not something that you progress in. It's not something that, that's added to your faith. It's something you obtain. You cannot attain it. You obtain it. Now, in this day and age, the Holy Spirit was poured out. His power is poured out. 
And we see that at the beginning of Acts. We're going to start walking through Acts in the new year. But, when, but so that is, it's been poured out. So we don't have to go attain it. We have to simply obtain what has been given. Step into it. Clothe yourself with the power from on high. You, even, even as Peter says, if you have trouble obeying the truth, you obey it through the Spirit, through the endued power, through the power that God gives you. And, and, and Peter wrote in his second letter that it's his divine power that's given, given you everything. It's given to, to you all things that pertain to life and godliness. So when, you, when we hear this idea that we've been given a message, like I said today, and it's a great message, and we're to go make him known, and that we're to spread the message and we could be, because we've been entrusted, it's been entrusted to us, and we're to support the messengers so they can go, and we hear all that, it can be burdensome until you're endued with power. When you're endued with power, there is something that comes over you. That's why it's, the word is, is like being clothed. You're clothed with something supernatural because this is a supernatural work. When you came to Christ and you gave your life to Christ, it was a supernatural work. One more testimony in closing. As we continue to visit, because we were there pretty much all day with Steve and Merla and George and Carla, Steve shared another testimony of when they went to um, <coughs> Plentywood, Montana for the 75th Jubilee. It was some years ago. It was a 75th Jubilee celebration. But on Sunday, they decided to go to church. There was a little church up on a hill. So they went up on this hill to a little church. It'd be like coming in here. It was just a few people, a few of us. And uh, there was an eld elderly lady who was, who was a greeter at the door, and she greeted, she greeted Steve and Merla. She started asking them questions, you know, have you ever come to church? And people thought, hey, well, who are you? And uh, tell me a little bit about you. are like, ah, I just got here. I don't want to talk about that. Leave me alone. But anyway, Steve and Merla, they were, they're pretty open people, and they just started telling them, yeah, we're from Calspell, and we go to this church, and pretty soon it came up that uh, another friend of ours, I'll just say his first name, John, had become a Christian six months earlier. And this lady was real interested in that. And so they went into the church service and they, sang, they started the service off and they had a song and, and uh, then it came time for testimonies. And this elderly greeter stood up. She said, yes, she said, I just met, this is Stephen Merler and they're from Kalispell. They go, they, they go to Riverside Lions Church. And I want you to know something. Mother has been gone for 10 years. And she prayed and prayed for fam our family members. And she prayed and prayed for nephew John. And I just heard this morning that John gave his life to Christ six months ago. And I just want to give a praise to hallelujah. See, the prayers were, the seed was planted. The there was water in that through prayer. And, but she never got to see, while she lived on earth, the salvation of her nephew John. But he came to Christ. So, so when we're planting seeds, so when we're watering, don't give up. It may be long after you're gone that your loved one's going to bow their knee to Christ. It's a great message. We've been entrusted 
to spread it. We've been asked to support it. But we're to be endued with power. Do you know Christ? Is he your Lord? Family members are praying for you. You can give your life to Christ today. Have you been praying for some loved ones? You've been sharing your faith with loved ones and you haven't seen any movement and it's like, come on, God. Well, just trust. You watered. You sowed. Now go to God and say, God, come on now, bring some growth. And he will. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your message. Lord, we believe that if it is written, it is necessary. And Lord, just as you said yourself that it was written that you should suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, thus it was necessary for you to do it. We believe, Lord, that we've been given a message to know you, Lord. And it's a great message to be reconciled to you, restored, to receive everlasting life, for you to be our Savior and our friend. And Lord, we're to spread that message. It's been entrusted to us. It's been given to us to be ambassadors, ministers for you. And we're to support those that feel led to go to the ends of the earth. You've, we've been asked to do it. It's up to us. We've been charged to do it. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, we're going to do it all, endued with your power. It's a command to us to be clothed. Father, come and clothe us. In Jesus' name, amen.